Welcome to Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs, the podcast for busy and high-performing entrepreneurs and leaders who are looking to create more energy and optimize their health while upgrading their brain and personal performance with precision. I am your host, Julian Hayes II. I've been involved with health and performance for over a decade. This podcast was created for the high performer who is unapologetically ambitious, the one who moves at a fast pace and operates with an edge, the one who wants to become superhuman. Nothing here is fluff, gimmicky, or feel good. I have little to no interest in simply helping you improve your life. I want to help transform it. By listening to this podcast, expect to have a body that feels just as good as it looks. Expect to possess a swagger and style that gives off an infectious vibe. Expect to command a stage or any boardroom you walk into with your executive presence. And lastly, expect to become your most enhanced self so you can live a limitless life. Now, let's get to the show. So welcome, everyone, to another episode of Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs. I am your host, Julian Hayes II, back at it again, here with another awesome discussion that's going to come up with a fellow superhuman. This guy goes by many things. He's done a lot of things. He's known as the street professor. He started in the streets. Now he's in the corporate suites, changing lives with the masses right now, helping us with our finances. He's a high-performance life coach. He's an international best-selling author. He looks a shade over 25 years old, and he's, <laughs> on, <laughs> he's, on a, and he's on a mission to help us find that purpose in life and to simply, and I'll add this, to help us reach our superhuman self. I am here with none other than Mr. Rory Douglas. How's it going, man? Man, how's it going, Julian? Man, I'm excited, man. I can't wait to be on your show. I'm here, man. So I'm just really, really excited, man. Thank you for having me. Awesome to hear, man. Like I said before we started, you know, you're, you're looking, you're looking very fly in the suit. I'm really digging the style, so uh, I got to commend you on that. And uh, people who are watching this, they'll, they'll see that he's a very sharp-looking guy. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I think that uh, you know the way you dress. A lot of times, it helps you in a lot of different ways. You know, make you feel even better about yourself, and it just gets you up. So I, I just like to dress. Yeah, I think and I think there's something with that when you talk about dressing. I think there's some type of energy that you send off to the world. It's almost like I know I, people have heard the saying that you dress for the job that you're going to have. That's one thing. But I also think there's a certain confidence in, in way that you can carry yourself and, and that you feel about yourself when you dress in attire that's just like that you feel comfortable in. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I know for a fact in, in the military I've never been in the military, but my father was in the military for years. And he said in the military, the first rule is to dress your bed, to straighten up your bed. And it's something about straightening up your bed in the morning. People who straighten their beds up in the morning, their, their life is totally different in terms of how they see their day. You know, it's, it's, it's a, myself, I get up every morning, Julian, about 4.30 a.m. And people go, man, that's crazy. You get up at 4.30 a.m. But when I get up at 4.30 a.m., man, there's, there's a certain synergy. You know, it's like a certain sense of peace. I can meditate. I can read and, and look at the, the, the market, the whole nine yards. And when the sun comes up, I beat the sun when it comes up. And then I'm, I'm on fire, man. Like right now, 
you know, I feel like I'm on some steroids. I haven't had <laughs> coffee, but it's really all about, you know, dressing up, getting up. That's what it's all about. I always tell people 90% of winning is simply excitement. Mm. 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 That's something we don't hear. A lot of times we focus on tactics in terms of improving yeah. ourselves and really just finding yeah, a way tactics, to get excited. Improving ourselves. Yeah, tactics, improving ourselves. And in most cases, being hard on ourselves. And I always tell people, don't be afraid to make a mistake because success is often found in a pile of mistakes. But most people play it safe and they're afraid to make mistakes. So you can't play it safe. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. But the bottom line is, you know, you got to go through some knocks and bruises, uh, uh, bruises in life, but that's what it's all about. So did you always have this mentality or as a, e- e- throughout your whole life or where did you get this from? So let's dive a bit into your backstory. Well, I got this mentality because my very beginning, man, wasn't a happy beginning. Uh, you know, I uh, grew up in the south side of Chicago. And for those who know about the south side of Chicago, it's a very, very rough place, especially during the, my childhood. And uh, I got kicked out of every elementary school and every junior high school. And I was labeled a troubled youth. And I said labeled. And the reason I was labeled a troubled youth, Julian, wasn't because I was a bad student. It was simply because I was suffering from a disability that I wasn't aware of. And that disability was called dyslexia. I read things backwards. So being ashamed of my disability, I could listen to what the teacher is saying and I can actually recite it word for word. And actually my teachers would say, you're so bright. Why do you keep on disrupting the class? But I was running away from that disability. So every time it was an open book or test, I would create some disruption in the class just to get thrown out. So that's why I got kicked out of all of those schools. But my mom is my mentor. My father passed at a young age. So my mom worked three jobs to take care of my brother and my sister and myself. So my mom, she one day we were going down the road in the car and she was running late and she said, hey, read those instructions. And I try to scapegoat and get around it. And she's, you know how moms are, read those instructions. So I tried to read the instructions. She knew something was wrong. She went to the counselor, told the counselor what was going on. I had some some tests, things that were done. And then they decided, hey, he has dyslexia. And once I got some training, I overcame my disability. So I always tell people, you can have a disability, but you don't have to be disabled. And what I see in life, People who have disabilities do more than people that have everything put together. So I I use my disability as my superpower. And I encourage those who are looking and listening right now, use your disability as your superpower, not as your hindrance or your setback. Yes, I I love that. And because it's oftentimes when we when we have everything given to us, we it's we take a lot of things for granted. And so normally what our biggest obstacle, our biggest hindrance, that's usually going to be the impetus for us to become our strongest selves and to really grow in life. Exactly. And what I find, Julian, I find that maybe about 98% of people really don't even know themselves. And I'll tell you the reason why. Because, you know, when we come up as kids, we pretty much have a scenario already laid out for us. Go to school, get a good education, get out, get a job. By the way, my definition for job is just overbroke. But the bottom line is that's what we're taught. And a lot of us, we really, really never get a chance to know who we are and what we are about, because I'll tell you this, I'm a college uh, specialist. The average college student um, changes their major at least four times because in outside influences. So I always tell people, most people spend more time outside of themselves and very little time with themselves. 
And the reason I got a chest identify my superpower because during my disparity with the dyslexia, I had a lot of time to talk to myself, a lot of time to question myself. And that's what it's all about. So I encourage people to really, really spend time with themselves, especially today when we live in a society of social media and, and, and mega influences. It's really important that you take time out to really, really look deep inside of yourself and find out what you like. And I encourage young people to have a buffet mentality. What do I mean by buffet mentality? When you go to a buffet, you don't just grab one piece of meal. You grab everything that's on the menu, you find what you like, and that's exactly what you run with. So it's important, don't be afraid to make a mistake, try different things and discover you. And I always tell people, when you find your passion, you'll find your purpose. Yeah, you know, I can attest to that changing your majors four times. I changed, I changed mine a lot. I changed mine a lot. Um, I even, even I went to grad school and change that to end up where I'm at now. So wow. it's, it's, it's definitely a uh, process. And, um, and I can speak also to that early on, I never really went into inside internally, never listened to that voice, that feeling that I had inside. I was like listening to my gut. It was always what's logically, what's, what logically makes sense, what makes sense to external, various external influences. And Mid twenties is when I finally started to do more inside internal work, and so um, and so I, I like that, and I like the buffet mentality. And when we talk about purpose, we hear this word purpose a lot, and sometimes you can get very airy fairy, very out there. How do you kind of practically help people when it comes to trying to find their their purpose in life, their superpower, if they feel lost? Well, you know what I find in life is is that. I think everybody knows what their dream is. I'll give you a good example. People normally express their limitations first and they suppress their dream. I'm gonna say that again. They express their limitations first and they, they, they suppress their dream. I'll give you an example. When I talk to people and I ask people, hey, you know, um, what do you wanna do in life? And people are saying, well, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm gonna go to school, I'm gonna do this. And after I do this, then I, I'll do that. They start giving you a whole lot of scenarios what they want to do. And I'll back up and say, okay, let me ask you a question, John. If you could, if you could do what you really want to do right now, if you had a magic wand and you can just say, this is what I want to do. And then I watch how the imagination run wild. I would be this. I would, I would travel. I would be a humanitarian. I would be doing this. That's your dream. Everybody pretty much knows their dream but they feel that it's not reachable. And that's the reason why I said earlier that when you spend more time outside of yourself versus within yourself, that's the reason why most people, they miss finding that passion. They miss finding that purpose. So that's why I encourage people to take a step back and really, really discover you because the world is pretty much carved out and it doesn't go like that in the real world. In the real world, there's going to be some setbacks. There's going to be there's going to be a lot of disappointments. Uh, disappointment. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. And I really want people to know that sometime in life you got to fight back. And I always tell people a setback is just a setup for a comeback. And that's why I said earlier that don't be afraid to make a mistake because success is often found in the pile of mistakes. Through my setbacks, that's exactly the reason why I am right now, because I've been through those hills and valleys. And I always tell people, 
It's up to you on how you think about it. You can say things are happening to you or things are happening for you. I prefer to say things are happening for me, not to me. What was one of your biggest setbacks that you look back on now and realize that it was a blessing? I waste a lot of freaking time. I wasted a lot of freaking time. And I think that in life, you can get a lot of different things. You can get so many material possessions, but you can't get back the time. So that's why I live life right now where I value time so much. I'm doing so much because I want to make sure that I really get it in now because I always tell people, uh, you don't life doesn't begin until it ends. So you have to really say to yourself every day, because tomorrow's not promised. You have to say to yourself every single day, if I left today, am I satisfied with my story? Everyone is writing a story. Everyone is writing a story and everyone is playing a script. <laughs> every, all of us in life, we're acting. We're, 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 our, we're the best actors, but a lot of us are acting like someone else. I want you to be able to act like yourself and be yourself because in today's time, man, people, they don't buy books. They don't buy music. They buy you. So most are not being themselves. So I want to encourage people out there who's listening, looking and looking rather to be the best version of yourself every single day. Be you. Once you're, once you're you, guess what? You find that purpose. You find that passion, which you just alluded to. You know, when you were, and we alluded to this at the very beginning, when you were starting in the streets, right? That's a different mentality than compared to where you are now. Ooh, a big mentality. What What was some of the first things? Because I know you had to change your circle. You had to do a lot of things. But what were some of the first few things you did to really start changing your whole entire paradigm? Well, I, I'll tell you this here. When I was in the streets, I wasn't in the streets because I wanted to. It was by mm-hmm. default. Mm-hmm. I had the same dreams that any young kid wanted to reach my height. But I had a disability. So by me having that disability, I actually were, I was in the streets. And I always tell people, I've never seen the riot in a 700 credit score neighborhood. (laughs) Okay, so, so, you know, your condition has a lot to do with your environment. But once you correct that situation, that's how you begin to elevate. So I love the facts that I went from the streets to corporate suites because when I was in the streets, I got a chance to meet a lot of dysfunctional people. I got a chance to, to, to witness a lot of danger. I got a chance to meet a lot of real people. If I ask somebody in the streets, how are you doing today? I'm hungry. They didn't do what the average person would do. How are you doing? I'm doing great, but you haven't eaten two days. So, so the bottom line is, is that I learned a lot of realness in the street. So I take that stuff right now and use it as my superpower. And also, I've learned one thing also, too, that's really, really important. I learned the power of association. I've, I've learned that. I learned the power of association because if you hang around nine broke people, you will be the tip, guaranteed. So the bottom line is, it's simple. If I hang around millionaires, by default, I'll become a millionaire. If I hang around people that's going in certain different uh, uh, directions and circles, that's exactly what I'll become. I always tell people, if you want to be successful, look for the people who you would like to be like and get around them and watch what will happen to you. That's what it's all about. And uh, when you say that, and I, I know there's somebody listening that might be a skeptic. They might say, but Rory, like, I don't know any of those people. I, 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 I don't have any ability to get into those circles to change that. How can I start? What do I have to offer to get in those circles? Man, I'm glad you asked that question because you asked us some good questions. I, I, I'll tell you this here. 
You know, in today's society, it's it's totally different than when I was a kid coming up. Because when I was a kid coming up, we didn't have the internet. I'm 57. We didn't have the internet. I'm 57 young, but we did not have the internet. Today, you got a smartphone. I always tell people, if you got a smartphone, you're not that smart if you're not using the phone. It's called networking. And 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 you don't if you don't have anything in your net, you're not networking. So you, you really have to reach out. That's what it's all about. You got to reach out to people, reach out to people. And also to have a, a, a spirit and the attitude of gratitude. In other words, there's power in service. I, for me, for instance, uh, I started off, man, being an intern. I mean, bringing coffee uh, to people, uh, just doing grimy jobs. I start off as an intern. And the bottom line is, it doesn't matter how you get in, you just get in. And that's what it's all about. I had a young man the other day, he inboxed me and he said, listen, he goes, I want to learn about finance. I don't have very, I have very little money. He says, but I'm willing on exchanging service to you, whatever you need me to do to, to help me in the financial world. This young man, he inboxed me. I, I couldn't look over that. I responded. <laughs> I said, listen, I'll have my office reach out to you and I'm going to find something for that young man to, to do so I can mentor him and give him some information also too. So I think that uh, nothing is stronger, Julian, than a made up mind. It, you know, people, they get exactly what they want. I'll give you a good example. If you see a man standing on the corner with a sign that says, I'm hungry, I need some food. He may stand on that corner all day, but at the end of the day, what does he do with that money? He takes that money to go get what he needs. But I think people back for what they want and pay for what they need. The things that people really, really want, they find a way to get it. Hmm. I like that. And, um, you know, I, I, when I was also doing some research, I like you, you pose three questions. Who am I? What do I want? And how do I get it out of those three? What do you think is one of the, the, the most difficult one for people? Who am I? The Who person. am I? Mm -hmm. Because as I said earlier, when you, um, you can just run a, a, a poll, a statistic and find out when you sit down with most people, you'll find that most people struggle with identity. And the reason they do struggle with that is because they spend more time outside of themselves and let very little time with themselves. You know, today we're so concerned about the government being involved with our affairs and politics and, and Democrat, Republican, whatever it may be. We're so uh, afraid of that, but we're not really thinking about artificial intelligence, AI. For instance, you go to the store, you swipe your little discount card. They know you've been to the store, what you bought. You get on the plane, they know where you were. You buy something, they know where you were. Is If that's not invasion of privacy, I don't know what invasion of privacy is, but most people are copycatters and imitators. They're not creators. And I always tell people, your job is what you get paid for, but your calling is what you are made for. Speaking of artificial intelligence, um, what, what made you, I know that's, that's a passion of yours. What, what led to this passion for artificial intelligence? Well, artificial intelligence has been a major passion of mine uh, for many years because I've always been intrigued with technology. And uh, I, I tell people today that there's a new reality right now, right in our face, and we don't even see it, especially in America. I mean, I travel around the world, and I just recently left Canada before the pandemic. And, you know, you walk into a McDonald's automated, Starbucks automated. And I always tell people, 
in the next five years, here's some statistics, facts. In the next five years, throughout United States and Canada, 85 million, I didn't say 85,000, 85 million jobs are going to be displaced due to artificial intelligence. We go into the bank, what do we see? Machines. We go into the supermarket, machines. We go into the airport, machines. People don't understand that artificial intelligence is here. So it's a major factor. And you can use it to either benefit you or you can use it. If you don't use it, it's going to really create a lot of disparity here in America. And I'm afraid of that because a lot of students today are paying for an education, Julian, that's going out when a new one is coming in. The average college student gets out of college with about $28,000 debt. If they're pursuing to be a doctor or a lawyer, it could be anywhere from $100,000 to $200,000 debt. We got so many new industries coming in and college students are paying for a trade or a career that's going out when a new one is coming in. And that's what's happening right now. So artificial intelligence should be priority on everyone's list. In other words, if you're studying a certain profession in school, you better sit down with your counselor and find out what that, what that profession is going to look like in the next decade. You better find out what's happening with that because a lot of people are paying for education that's going out when a new one is coming in. I also think about this from a business perspective that, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you have your business and everything, you got to kind of look into the future and see um, what's going to still make you useful. Because I think about, I'm in the health and fitness industry and there's a lot of things now where artificial intelligence, AI and technology has kind of replaced, you know, nutritionists, trainers, no matter what profession in health. So what is something that is unreplaceable? Well, I'll tell you what's unreplaceable is you. Uh, one of the biggest trades that's going to be in the near future when it comes down to AI, you got AI mm -hmm. and then you got communication <laughs> right next to one another. AI communication. So today, people are so used to being on smartphones and being they, they're, they're, there's a disconnect that people have pretty much lack learning how to have social skills to articulate effectively with one another. Bingo. So that's going to be a big, big thing later on down the line with uh, just communicating in general. Mm -hmm. And uh, just like you in the fitness uh, industry, I'll give you a good example. You in the fitness industry. Last year, I was invited to a seminar and it was, uh, it was um, what was it called? You heard of Jenny Craig, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So they had this seminar, Jenny Craig, that was sponsoring it. And it was about fitness. And I did a piece called Financial Fitness. Mm -hmm. And they loved that piece. So they, they had me come out and speak to, 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 to all of the, exec, the executives. And I call it Financial Fitness. Because I call it Financial Fitness simply because a lot of people don't even realize that when it comes down to divorce rates, uh, come down to crime, all the things that happen, depression, suicide, most of these things stem from finance. So you got their financial fitness too. You, in other words, your body can be fit, but if your mind is not fit, mm -hmm. then what happens? I always tell people your greatest asset is your mindset. So when it comes down to artificial intelligence, man, and what's happening now, communication is the key. Communication is the key. And it's a beautiful time because now you can literally talk to the world. And that's one thing I would say, I'm not afraid, man. I, I want to talk to the world. I'm excited, man. I, that's, I love what's happening right now, but I know it's a pandemic and you know, this thing here is, 
It's here for a moment. It's not going to stay this way. But the bottom line is, man, you got to really, really learn, in my opinion, how to really, really show who you are. And, and, and you'll be you'll you'll be OK in your future. Yeah, I completely agree with that. You know, I was talking to some guys that were um, just getting started in the health and fitness industry. And I told them that, you know, technology is great, but if you know how to talk with people and really connect with people, understanding psychology, that can't be replaced by a machine. Exactly. And that's why I like what you do, because see, what you're doing is you're dealing more with the mental. Mm -hmm. And that's what's important, because if this is not right, I don't care how many muscles you have, you're not really fit. There's a lot of sick people with muscles. Mm -hmm. So if you're not mentally fit, then how are you going to be physically fit? So I think that the mental is is a key uh, a factor because people today associate health with body mass, size, mm -hmm. and the whole nine yards. But the bottom line is you can't you can't look at that because there's a lot of people that are in shape but jacked up from the head up. Yeah, yeah, and you know um, I see a lot of times people who have a very good physique outward, and then you look under that hood. You look at the blood work, you, you you get to talking with them, their mindset, and you see there's a lot of work that needs to be done. So you can't exactly. just go by the outside of the car. So, you know, speaking on finances and you work with a, you work with a lot of high profile people of all sorts. What do you think is, um, in your experience so far? Cause I think it's been 25 years right now. 25 years. Yeah. 25 years. What do you think are some of the most common mistakes that you see that you've seen with finances? And this, this includes a broad spectrum of people. One of the most common mistakes is, is that, um, finance, unfortunately is really not taught in school. And uh, we have people today that have degrees, doctors, lawyers, but have no financial literacy. And financial literacy is one of the, is the hottest topic in America right now. And as I said to you earlier, before, before we talked, I said, Julian, the average American is one to two paychecks away from being homeless. And one out of three Americans carry credit card debt. But yet we live in one of the richest countries in the world. We don't have a money problem. We have a literacy problem. Mm. So financial literacy is a must. I'm talking about basic finance 101, things that are not taught in college, things like uh, compounding interest, uh, the rule of 72. So when I say compounding interest, I want to make sure those who don't know understand what compounding interest is. I'll give you an example. What does the banks in America give us on the check-ins and savings account on average minus 1%? So the bank give us flat interest. So we think about inflation. I call inflation the silent killer. You know, the dollar has less spending power. Mm -hmm. And just recently, the government passed another stimulus package, $1.9 trillion, which is going to create even more inflation. But currently, inflation is about 4.5%. So you have to think about that. If the bank is giving us minus 1%, inflation is 4.5%, we have to have at least 5% or greater 
just to beat inflation. So Americans today, they don't understand the power of compounding interest. So compounding interest is simply interest on top of interest, something that's called the rule of 72. The rule of 72 is used by all banking institutions, finance companies, student loans, uh, credit card companies, they all use the rule of 72. And you can do it too at home. You just take the number 72 and you divide it into any rate of return. And that's gonna tell you how long it takes to double your money. For example, if I said, Julian, uh, seven, uh, seven, 72 divided into four equals 18. That means my money doubles every 18 years. So in today's society, you can literally be saving money and losing at the same time. Because every year, taxes and inflation goes up, but the value of our money goes down. So if you're not receiving compounding interest, you're starting off already behind the eight ball. And that's what's happening to most Americans. So I encourage people to make sure that they take some basic financial literacy one-on-one classes. Learn about finance, especially young people. Because right now, people are into the APR and not the APY. The APY is annual percentage yield. So you got to get compounding interest and you got to understand the money game. And that's my new book that it's called Cracking the Rich Code. And it's with some heavyweights, Tony Robbins, a friend of mine, Kevin Harrington from ABC, the Shark Tank, and Jim Brigg is a, a world-renowned life coach. We came together and partnered up and we did a book called Cracking the Rich Code because there is a code and you got to learn the basic principles of finance in order to be able to crack that, that, that code. And I always tell people, once you crack that code, you're going to have money for a lifetime and not a lunchtime. And I will share that in the show notes um, as well for listeners who may be on the go right now. So it'll be in the show notes. And um, so speaking on um, like business, since we're on this topic right now, your um, company, Aqua Financial Center, um, how'd you go about, because I'm there's different entrepreneurs at different levels here. Some are just getting started. And what would you tell them, especially right now? Um, and once again, this starts in the mind. But when it goes out to building their business right now during a pandemic, and because um, your industry is very relationship driven. So what would you recommend to listeners, new entrepreneurs out there when it comes to building their business during a time like right now? Well, I would at first I would um, say that uh, people loosely throw out the word entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I made up this word. I call it a wantrepreneur. That's kind of slang, but a wantrepreneur. A entrepreneur is a person that wants to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be an entrepreneur, you got to be willing on turning your nine to five to your six to nine. In other words, if I work from nine to five, I have to be willing on working for myself from six to nine, which means that if you're not willing on working 16 hours a day for yourself, you're not really classifying yourself as being an entrepreneur. I always tell people, if you want to fire your boss, when you get off work, you got to start and work on yourself. And in life, Julian, you're only going to be doing two things. Either you're going to be working to fulfill someone else's vision or working to fulfill your own vision. So you have to really do inventory and say, how much time am I really working on myself? And I'm very heavy about that. I'm very heavy when it comes down to self-improvement, self-worth, self-development, because so many things are happening outside of us. And that's why people are missing the mark. So I always tell people, if you would commit yourself for a period of three years, working towards something that you really desire with discipline, you can break the back of poverty. But most of us, we waste so much time fulfilling someone else's vision. So you have to really, really say, okay, that's fine. 
I'm fulfilling someone else's vision, but at the same token, I need to fulfill my own vision. So you got to really look at it, checks and balances. How much time am I spending on myself? Or how much time am I spending on others? And most people are spending more time on others. And that's the reason why those individuals that lose in the end, those individuals that are disappointed, I call it 40, 40, 40. The average American works about 40 hours a week, works for 40 years, and then try to retire off of 40% of the income. Most go back to work. So holding the mirror up to ourselves to really audit ourselves when it comes holding to like- Holding the mirror up to yourself. And then here's another thing also too, especially right now during the pandemic. Listen, I understand it. You may have gotten laid off your job. Uh, a lot of things are happening right now, but you got to go back to basics. Whatever you're good at, get at it. I'm going to say that again. Whatever you're good at, get at it. If you can bake cookies, bake cookies. You, you got to have multiple streams of income. That's what it's all about. And see, people don't realize that less is more. I always tell people, Julian, a fast quarter is better than a slow dollar. A lot of us have big goals, but here's a secret. If you got a big goal, break it down to its common denominator. In other words, if I want to make $10,000 a month, how much do I need to make a day in order to achieve that? Once you break it down to its common denominator, now it, it becomes very reachable. But most of us, we, we have a big goal, but we don't have the discipline to break it down. I always tell people, if you're ever going to be a millionaire, you need to know how much money you need to make a day in order to be a millionaire. So it's really all about going back to the basics, find out things that you're good at, have multiple streams of income, and start a business. And if you got a smartphone, you should have multiple businesses on your smartphone. So I'm encouraging people, man, to be independent thinkers because I always tell people that dreams are not a figment of their imagination. It's just showing them glimpses of their future. Believe your dream, live your dream, uh, live your passion. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. Get busy. That's what it's all about. Just get busy. And so many people, man, they're standing still because they don't know, they don't have the direction in which way to go. But I'm telling you guys, just get busy. Get busy. Start doing things. And, and I'm telling you, you're going to find your way. That's what it's all about. And right now, during time of pandemic, I get it. It's a lot of things that's happening out there right now. But this is a time when you can really do something big. Yep. And I, you know, and I remind people and I remind myself at this at times as well, that if you look back on any depressions throughout history, any downturns, throughout history, great companies and great leaders and people have had their origins start during those low moments. Exactly. And I always tell people this, man, they can put in their Rolex. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, speaking of that, you mentioned making a mistake. And I know a lot of people are quote unquote perfectionists, which is sometimes a way just to kind of say you're fearful, but to give it another word, at least that's what I think when I say I'm a perfectionist at times. And so you've spoken on fear a lot, and I believe you've written a book on fear. And um, so let's talk about fear a little bit. What's some of your, because um, I'm sure you had some fears in life. And so how'd you bust through those? Well, I still do have fears. Uh, mm -hmm. Fear is, if fear is, um, I'm not going to say, okay, fear is natural. Fear is natural. However, I have to take this conversation just a little spiritual because in each and every one of us, there's two people. There is our inner man and then there's that there's the outer man, which is flesh or inner woman, outer woman Two, And there's a scripture in the Bible that says 
that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. By nature, the flesh is supposed to be weak because the flesh uh, clings to desires. And what we find in life is that people exercise their flesh more than their spirit. So when I'm exercising my flesh more than my spirit, that means that I give into the flesh. The spirit is saying, go to the gym, hit that treadmill. The flesh is saying, no, sit back, it's gonna be okay. So people pretty much give into their flesh. And that's the reason why they fall victim of fear because fear is real. Nobody wants to be pinched. If I went to pinch you, you know, I don't wanna be pinched because <laughs> the flesh don't wanna be pinched. So fear, fear is real, but I encourage people to dance with their fear. Dance with their fear. And I always tell people, when you become limitless, life when you become fearless, rather, life become limitless. When you become fearless, life become limitless, which means fear is real, but you got to challenge your fear. And here's something I want to tell people. The key to success, Julian, is consistency. Consistency is the key to success. I always tell people that a lot of us, we want to see things really, really fast. But what you have to keep in mind is, is what you're doing today is setting you up for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So you may not be getting all of the attention you want right now, but if you stay consistent, it's, it's going to pay off. And consistency is the key to success. And then consistency creates confidence. We have the wrong understanding of confidence. You're not going to wake up tomorrow with confidence. You can hope and wish one day I'm going to do this, one day I'm going to do it. No, you're not going to wake up tomorrow with confidence. Confidence comes by doing the same thing over and over again. That's consistency. When you do the same thing over and over again, you don't get bitter, you get better. Mm. And once you get better from, from and gain the confidence, now you have the power to face your fears. And when you become fearless, life becomes limitless, and fear begins to fear you. I apologize I'm so fired up, man, but no. I'm just, hey, what can I say? I hope they hit rewind and listen to that again. <laughs> I hope they hit rewind and listen to that again. There was a lot of jewels dropped in that right there. A lot. Um, it almost, and I lost my train of thought because I got engulfed. <laughs> I, I, I got engulfed with it myself. And, you know, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I think we give fear a bad name. Fear can also be an indicator that that's what we need to do. And, and you know, with, with, the, with the whole podcasting thing right now, like talking to people, asking questions, this is something that I was super nervous about when I first started. But if you just keep doing it, kind of like I'm, I'm doing a marathon now, is preparing for a marathon as well. If you just keep working on it, follow the program, it's going to get easier. The work's hard, obviously, to go run and do it every day. But the habit of getting yourself to do it, the way your body feels, it's going to adapt. And that's the way that we can think about fear and trying to leap into the unknown. Right. And you hit the nail on the head, man, because the, the, the word is habit. You know, winning is a habit and losing is a habit. It takes about 21 days to develop a habit and at least 21 days to get rid of a habit. I challenge a lot of my clients to a 21 day challenge. That's the first thing I do. A 21 day challenge. Can you stay disciplined for 21 days? Can you stay consistent for 21 days? And most can't do that. But if you can, you're going to gain the confidence. 
And that's what it's all about. It's about getting the confidence. The confidence breeds the belief. And once you get the belief and the confidence, man, now you're ready to go out there and you can dance with your fear. It's real, but you dance with it. I always tell people fear stands for false emotions that appear to be real. I'm afraid of the dog, but I haven't even got bit. The dog's behind the gate. <laughs> you know, so we got to really understand that a lot of these things, man, are coming from our mental. That's why I said your greatest asset is your mindset. You got to really create your own matrix. And that's what it's all about in life, man. You got to create your own matrix, man. You got to see yourself winning. You got to see yourself excelling. And it's real. I get it. Fear is real, man. Anxiety is real. All these different things happens. But I really want people to know that it's really not a part of them. It's not a part of them. See, people don't realize that if you exercise that inner man or inner woman, if you build that core, that's going to give you the power to ward off all of those things that come our way every single day. I call it the enemy in me, enemy in me, the way we think. So it's really changing your thinking, changing, changing your habits, becoming disciplined, get consistent, get going. And I'm telling you, man, you can get over anything. Absolutely. And I've so, been there. Absolutely, man. And um, so as we get ready to start winding this down, let's let's. I'm going to do a few just random questions here just to <laughs> let's learn more about you. So what's the, what's your definition of success? of success is peace because there's a big difference between riches and wealth. You know, riches, they can, it can come and go, but wealth is for a lifetime, not a lunchtime. What does failure mean to you? Success. Hmm. Hmm. I like that I answer. That because a setback is a setup for a comeback, mm-hmm. which means whenever you fail, if you, if you don't stay down and you get up, you're going to come back bigger. That's what it's all about. As you were starting your journey, what is what are maybe one to two things that you wish that you would have known or somebody would have told you? When I first started my journey, I wish someone would have told me that it's extremely important that you be yourself. Mm-hmm. Because I think in today's society, people are always people pleasing, wonder what someone else think, whatever what someone else may say, and I always tell people that what others say about you doesn't really count what you say about yourself. That's a big one. That's a big one. And um, the next thing is what's your, um, what's like your typical health and wellness routine? Uh, my health and wellness routine is, and I'm, I'm a starch believer that disease cannot survive in an alkaline environment. So I like to stay alkaline. When I say stay al- alkaline, I'm really, really heavy into um, making sure that I am uh, uh, eating uh, certain fruits that are alkaline and also also to making sure that I'm drinking water correctly. And, and not only that, uh, 
uh, dealing with the herbs that I do. I mean, daily, I take uh, raw olive oil. I drink that down also too. I, um, I get some sunlight. A lot of vitamin D is very, very heavy on the list. Get in the sun, no matter what, take a bathe in the sun. And, and not only that, also too, pretty much having my power drink that consists of a lot of greenery. I'm talking about, you know, uh, barley, uh, spinach, and just a whole thing that I put together and I drink down every single day. And I call it breakfast, which means uh, breakfast. I, not the pancakes, not the traditional American breakfast, <laughs> but I'm talking about breakfast. I'm talking about some good old sardines and the green drink and that type of stuff that really, really keep your body feral. Because like I said, I, I believe in staying alkaline, man. I'm 57 years old, man, but I feel like I can, I mean, I can run up mountains. And, and so it's really all about that, man. Really making sure that you take care of your inner self as well as your outer self. That's why I call it financial fitness, man. Financial fitness. Love that. And so uh, who's in your all-time musical starting five? This could be oh, so- Oh, you asking about the music? Yeah. <laughs> this could- oh my God. Top <laughs> this could- five? This could be top top five, you know, and this could be a fluid top five. So it's top five right now. How you're feeling? They they could be dead or alive. Groups Michael, are still Jackson, large. Michael Jackson's oh, is at the top of the list. Michael Jackson mm-hmm. at the top of the list. Uh Whitney Houston. Okay, that's two. And uh, ooh, this is a tough one, man. This is a real tough one. Um. I like, I like Bon Jovi. Okay. I'm putting that in the list. Uh, let's see. That's three. Then I would go with, oh my God, this is, this is hard, man. Okay. I would go with Bruno Mars because that young man, he's like my latest one. So that's mm-hmm. four. And five would be Earth, Wind, and Fire. Love Earth, Wind, and Fire. My dad played them a lot. Them and the Isley Brothers. Yes, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, love Earth, Wind, Fire. It's so, it's, it's so much uh, raw history there, man. Mm-hmm. So much, and I think now, as I'm getting, as I'm older now, and and now as the kid, I understand the hitting. There's like a lot of messages with their music that I didn't even recognize. I just like, I just thought it sounded good, and it's then their I go, pain. their yeah. music is their pain, what they went through. Their mm-hmm. music is their pain, what they went through. And that's the reason why it lasts to this very day. You can turn it over in a fire record right now and you can relate. You look at Marvin Gaye, he said, what's going on? Mercury mm-hmm. in the sea and this and taxes and this. So they were really singing from, from their soul. Yes. Yeah. Marvin Gaye is my favorite artist. Yeah. Oh man, I, I, he was supposed to be on the list. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. All right. You got me. Yeah. I know stuff, man. Bon Jovi, get aside. Marvin yeah. Gaye, Marvin yeah. Gaye should be in there. Yeah, I yeah, Marvin Gaye's uh, I think Spotify notice Spotify gives you a list at the end of every year. I'm always in like the top one percent of Marvin Gaye listeners. Yeah, Marvin yeah. Gaye. Yeah. So um yeah, you can't go wrong with any of those that you name. And so the next thing here is um pretend you got a bottle of wine or you got coffee or you have tea or just water, and you're gonna have a round table discussion. And you can have three people join you from any point in history. Who would you, who would join you? And it has to exclude friends and family. Man, it would be, I don't know if you ever heard this guy named Wayne Dyer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wayne Dyer. It would also be Les Brown. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would be the Dalai Lama. 
Okay. I can see that. So all these guys are wise and really in tune with their purpose. And, um, and it's a reflection of it's who only, you are. It's only three, right? It's only three. All, only three. But we, we got, oh, we, we got an extra, we I'm got it. I'm going to take away the Dalai Lama and I'm going to put at that table, uh, the honorable Elijah Muhammad. Okay. All right. That's the first on here. So, okay. So Wayne Dyer, the honorable Elijah Muhammad and the no, third. I'm going to back it up. Okay. Elijah Muhammad first. Okay. Les Brown. Okay. And Wayne Dyer. Okay. All right. And the last question here is someone comes up to you on the street and they tap you on the shoulder. They're like, Rory, I love all your advice and I'm ready to change my life. What are three things that I can do today to start becoming a superhuman entrepreneur? What would you tell them? First, no self. Second, don't be afraid to make a mistake. And third, just do it. Mm. Mm. Just do it. Mm. I like that. That is a beautiful way to capstone this conversation. This has been an awesome conversation. Where can listeners find out more about you? They can go to RoryDouglas.net, RoryDouglas.net, get all of my handles. Mm -hmm. And not only that, right now, Julian, during time of pandemic, I'm conducting free financial literacy workshop webinars. Okay. So they can just go to RoryDouglas.net. They can see all of that. Or they can actually go to AquaFinancialCenter.com and get all of my information where I'm going to be and so on. That's that's how they can find me. Awesome to hear. And I will have all of that in the show notes. Thank you again for joining me. This has been an awesome conversation. I can't wait to go back and listen where I can actually focus and, and not have to think of questions. and, and uh, stay, uh, So um, I'm... But I'll tell you this, man. It's just a mirror of yourself, man. Mm -hmm. I really... Uh, I really commend you, first of all, for being a young man that is courageous enough to go out there in, in the universe and put out some positive energy and positive reinforcement. And it's really all about, man, mental health, physical health, financial health. And I love exactly what you're doing, man. And I know for a fact that this is just the beginning. So I can't wait, just wait to see, man, the number one podcast, Julian. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. It's going to happen. And so for listeners out there, stay awesome, be limitless, and go be superhuman. Peace. <laughs>